Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk. Once again, this is a platform that celebrates industry professionals all around the world because you're bull bait and dare greatly. I say it all of the time, but I do. I geek out on the fact that you, industry professionals, are just absolutely changing lives, changing the world, and I love celebrating, and I love learning from you guys. We are broadcasting from Austin, Texas, on site right now, right this very moment, and it is the OMG meeting, and it is a collection of problem solvers like Nick right next to me that are passionate about solving problems, identifying them, and making our lives, and you don't even know how much they impact your life. You don't. I just want to let because I just sit there and soak it up like a sponge. Nick's in the hot seat. Let's get cracking. <laughs> Hi, Nick. Hey, what's up? What's up? Yeah, you're the hero in this story. EDX, I have to, is that, a, is that an acronym for something, or does it, I mean, you got the edx.com, which is pretty doggone cool. Yeah, so edx.org is not to be Oh, it's a .org. Confused. No, it's no, 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 it's not to be confused with .org, because that's the education part, right? So they said, like, oh, edx, I've heard about that. Well, we're not that edx. So edx is actually, you know, a merger between, it, is that okay? If I, oh, no, yeah. it's all good, because <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, I, I, was, I was more dazzled. Yeah, because yeah, I've, yeah, exactly. I, I, I've come to the conclusion that every URL is taken up. Yeah, yeah, care. yeah, exactly. And then now you get this. but And so you got this edx.com and go, oh. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? No, but it, it, because they've been in business for two decades. There so you go. it's you a merger between it, right? EDX Technologies, which more like the XR marketplace, you yeah. know, all these kind of buzzword, the bingo, real-time data, but then two, year, two decades of legacy in wireless planning. Radio frequency planning, telecoms industry, 5G, 6G, all this 60, kind of cool you, stuff. You just right? popped in 6G. 6G, 6G, exactly. Yeah, so, so the hi-fi, you know, what is it? The pathway to hi-fi holographic societies, right? So I really, I, I like that stuff. But, you know, in the real world, sometimes I'm also, you know, the co-chair of the manufacturing group at the Digital Twin Consortium. Yeah. So that's a little bit why I'm here, you know, to provide that insight. Uh, and you're you're here because planning. you get to sort of collaborate with everybody and everybody's just dreaming about the next thing. You know? <laughs> you're chasing that shiny object. Yeah, when somebody popped in and said, hey, Scott, I want to be, uh, I want to talk to you about 6G. I'm going, I just got a phone that says 5G on it just right now. And exactly. now you're talking 6G, and, yeah. and uh, but that's going to happen too. Yeah, of course. I think that that's going to happen like in 27, 30. I mean, we're not even done with 4G. 5G is happening right now. But, I mean, in order to plan ahead, you know, and get ready for the future, you have to sort of be in the future, understand, you know, the practicalities and all this kind of stuff, and then you go back to the now. So I think, like, for me, it's, you know, the ability to go forward in time, understand that, you know, the Gartner hype yeah. cycle, all that kind of buzzword bingo, in 30 years, 10 years, five years, we're going to use that technologies in the right order. And that's going to be, you know, the, the daily you, bread and butter. This is interesting because yeah. don't you think he, now OMG has been around for 30 years or whatever it is. Yep. And, 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 I, and I see the speed that's taking place within just uh, technology and, and the necessity. And, and it's looked like you, what's great about it happening today and what you guys do yep. in these consortium in these working groups in this ecosystem is that you're 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 really finding your stride in on how to approach new and emerging innovations and technology which is really good which then speeds things up and so when 2030 comes around you guys are already 
Throw her to the dead. Like, and, yeah. and, and we, the masses, me, we just take it for granted. It's like, yeah. all right, man, look at me. Now I got a hologram on my phone. <laughs> exactly. Which, you know, I don't like getting new phones. Just FYI. <laughs> it's just between you and me. No, but I definitely think that they are, you know, these kind of working groups yeah. that are important to drive this forward. But I think the challenge is also, this is, you know, happening behind almost closed doors. Right? No, it is closed and, I mean, doors. There's, 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 I mean, that, that's, that, that's what, exactly what is happening, right? Yeah. That is sort of challenging for me to put it in a diplomatic way because, you know, you have people getting educated. Uh, the education that people are getting, also the format that they're getting that education is the same way that has happened basically forever, right? And also what they've been educated in is 20 years, 30 years away from what is at the cutting edge of what we're working with today. So the gap in where the market is, how we educate people for the market, and also what is at the cutting edge, is like three decades, right? And that's so, so yeah, my that's passion. Yeah, yeah. My passion is just to bring these things together, so that the people are getting educated. They're not getting sucked into how we work today, but actually preparing them for how we need to work tomorrow. Do you? Do you? Do you does that do make you, sense? No, I'm getting ready to <laughs> pop a question. Yeah, because I always struggle with that. Do you think the the typical education in, uh, institute mm -hmm. is nimble enough to deal with this velocity? Of course not. Absolutely yeah. not. See, I, and that, that yeah. to me brings a lot of yeah. stress because because it, it, it impacts it impacts every of facet course. of our lives. Yeah. If you're not, if we're not preparing uh, the next gen people to understand what's taking place mm -hmm. and to be able to be well, passionate about it, then we're struggling. Yeah, I mean, we're perpetuating obsolescence in That's a way right. that is completely a good way you know, ridiculous. And I think like, you know, VR, AR, uh, modern ways of collaborating, we need to you know, use that in order to get the message across much, much easier, right? And I, one of my, this is one of my favorite topics. I actually got passionately uh, irritated yesterday because I've been you know, investigating this for the last, I don't know, 15 years. And my ambition is to, has been to solve all problems in the world and also operate in all countries of the world, right? That's been, you know, a little right. bit of an obsession of mine. And also find the most critical problems and, you know, how can we solve these faster? And what is evident is that when we bring the right people together, give them the right information, and, you know, according to Jet Propulsion Laboratory and what NASA did in terms of extreme collaboration, we can actually get stuff done without any AI, machine learning, just getting the right people together and for them to work together continuously uh, or like in concurrent collaborations, like together at the same time. Uh, that's when we can solve problems 99% faster. So I think like not understanding the mechanism behind that and, you know, providing the right information at the right time to the right people, that is really, really important. And I don't, I don't think we do a great job of that in, no, in, in academic yeah. institutions, right? Because we have reality yeah, yeah. and then we crash reality and then we make abstracts of reality and we divide it into domains, or subjects, and then you specialize, you know, for ten years into something. So you become really, really good at something, but you're really, really bad at understanding anything else. So we live in a broken world today, and I think that's the stuff that I think we can mend with having these digital twins. When we, you know, taking real-time data and providing that in a way with a visual understanding that represents reality. So that means that we we're not looking at some historic event through Excel sheets that maybe a few people can understand, we're actually looking at something where we can have industry experts, we can have seven-year-olds, 80-year-olds, we can have you know, CEOs, marketing people, industry professionals actually look at the same stuff, 
but from different perspectives. And then when we change something in this digital twin, we're not doing that in the real world, but we're doing that in a representation of the real world. So that means that we can try stuff out, we can wreck stuff, we can be wrong, we can you know, blow stuff up, and then, okay, maybe we shouldn't do that. Oh, great, right? Because we're not doing this in the real world, we're doing that in a dev environment for the real world. So I think that's the benefit of having these digital twins to be able to, you know, transfer that knowledge from the people that know stuff to the ones that want to know and, you know, have that entry-level understanding. Okay, I don't understand exactly, you know, the complex stuff, but I can see that when we do this stuff here, it actually changes something in the real world and I want to know more because I understand it. It's a visual representation. It's in 3D and 3D... You know, for some people, it's like, you know, ah, we just need 2D, we just need this kind of stuff. Well, that is true for industry experts. But if you want to, you know, enter a new area and, you know, the way that we go to work, the way that we operate, the way that we're talking right now, you're in 3D, right? So I think that's also, you know, it's a little bit convoluted to talk maybe in a podcast, but, you know, the way that we, you know, observe reality is always in 3D, always, and, you know, the, the way that we've been taught, again, going back to academic institution, is that we've been trained and, you know, brainwashed or conditioned into thinking, well, we're going to abstract reality, and then we're going to try to have these domain tools to try to attack this in a silo, and then at some point, maybe, we're going to try to bring it back to reality and see if it works. It doesn't, right? No. So we live in a broken environment. So my ambition has been to, you know, go back to reality, you know, stay there, and you know, provide a dev environment to that part of the world that we're trying to improve and actually get that stuff done. So for digital twins, for me, are yeah. you know, a fantastic tool as an enabler for people and systems to actually work together to reach you know, whatever problems that needs to be solved much, much, much faster than what we've done before. Yeah, and, and the ability to simulate whatever. Exactly. Like, hey, what exactly. about this? Uh, that didn't work. And, and nobody dies as a result of that. You're no, no, gonna, exactly. You're in a, uh, you know... Uh, <clears throat> A digital twin environment, but it's great and absolutely. When you nail when you nail that digital twin down, yeah, then you can bring it into reality, and, and you're feeling exactly that the level of confidence is off the charts. Yeah, I think that uh, I don't think we should gloss over it. I think the world is complex; it just is, mm-hmm. and it, it just and and again, there's the speed associated with that complexity. And I, the only way that I know how to deal with it, and I, I know that you probably have more answers than I do, but <laughs> we don't have all the answers. Yep. And the only way that we can do that is through a collaborative and exactly. willingness to collaborate environment. Yep. Now, right here, and being able to do that and, 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 and remove the politics from, from that conversation, from that collaboration, and really solve problems. Yep. I think that that's the only way that we're going to do yeah, this. Yeah, and I'm really surprised because that's what you said initially, right? Yeah. You know, helping people solve problems. Usually when I say that, that we can use technology to solve problems, people look at me like I'm crazy. Because usually want to use technology to make more money, you know, grab the customer, oh. lock them into whatever solutions that they have, all this kind of stuff, right? But I'm just going to give an example that maybe makes sense, you know, what we do with EDX. So, again, yeah. we have this global digital twin. So think Google Earth. Uh, we you know, have real-time data from satellites, so we allow municipalities, companies subscribe to their part of the world to keep that up to date. So now they have a 3D representation you know, where trees are, where buildings are, where everything is yeah. that is up to date. Yeah. So that allows you to have a good canvas to try stuff out. So for us, specializing in wireless planning, uh, knowing that you know, we go into Austin or any new city on the planet, we have the digital twin, 
that is being kept up to date as a canvas. And then we can take, you know, local drone surveyors to keep that even more up to date granular information of everything. But then the digital twin comes in, the simulation capabilities, and we ask the digital twin that, okay, how do we get to 100% 5G connectivity in this city? That's the question. And then the digital twin makes the computations, the simulations, know where trees are, where buildings are. You feed in, you know, Nokia, Ericsson, whatever vendor that you're looking at. And then the digital twin shows you, you know, you, you go outside in augmented reality and you can see, you know, it's green everywhere. There are no gaps. You get 100% connectivity. And then you can also see where the cell towers are placed, you know, their own buildings, all this kind of stuff, depending if it's 4G, 5G, whatever, you know, deep level of density that you need to have. So that, you know, that's how you let the digital twin engine work for you and you simulate this. So the municipalities, the integrators, the installers, they know exactly what it's going to cost. They know exactly where it's going to be. And then when they install it, it's the skill shortage gap, right? Because these people that are really, really good at doing this, they're getting older. They are, you know, maybe not attractive. The younger ones are maybe not attracted to go into this industry. So again, you have this skill shortage gap, which is basically in every industry. Not every, every, it, it, yeah, everything's getting. So, but if you do this, then you can put on a HoloLens. So if you're an installer, well, you know exactly where it's going to be. You know exactly what it's going to look like. And because you also visualize in operation, when you turn it on, it's basically matching what you're already seeing with what's happening. So that's, I think, like it's the benefit of having digital twins, that you're simulating this, you're making it ready both for people to understand what's going on. So that's why you have the visual representation that present reality. And then also you have like the back end, you know, the advanced computation, the models, the simulations, all this kind of stuff. So that for me is a really, really good example because it's unobtrusive to reality. You try out stuff in a virtual environment to represent reality, and then you can make decisions knowing how much it's going to cost, etc., etc. And then once you turn it on, that's actually when it becomes the digital twin. Before, it's just a prototype digital twin, but now when you feed it real-time data from the network, you have a visual representation. That's how we can visualize 200,000 cell towers in real-time to see what actually goes on with the network, right? So it's basically from planning to installation to operation, as well as to decommissioning. So you have right, that right. circular, right? Because you have all the information and you bring that with you forever. Today, most of the world is fragmented. Solutions don't talk to each other. People don't talk to each other. You lose so much knowledge at every step of the turn. So at the end, you don't really know what has happened. You can't do anything about it. You don't know anything. So that's, again, the power of digital twins to provide meaningful information for systems as well as people at the same time. And, you know, when I say, say systems and people, I mean of all ages, whether it's, you know, an old system, an old person, a young person, domain expert. We need to be able to, you know, create an entry point for people to understand the complex reality that we're in and then engage and dig deeper with domain experts. That's what I believe. See, you no, know, you're... You're hitting on a lot of cylinders there, and I, I like it. The, the The challenge I have in my mind, of course, is the is the is the where. Where do I start? Everything yep. everything is like everything is a challenge, right? Yep. Everything's an opportunity, and in that opportunity, there's a solution. There's might be problem, yep. but it's 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 the ability because you want to be able to focus on the right things, and it has to be, from my perspective. Sort of, if you look at it from a macro point of view, yep. it's overwhelming. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I, what do I do? Where do I go? And all that is just like, uh, and I melt down. 
But if, you're, if you've got the ability to say, okay, we're going to be here, we're going to incrementally just sort of succeed mm-hmm. and then just continue to scale in a way of that makes sense, that's yep. the only way that I know because you're yep. absolutely right. You, you're just like, oh, my gosh. No, but I love what you're seeing. And I think yeah. that's a classic problem with digital twins, you know, how to get started, why do you do it, how much it's going to cost, right? Yeah, and, and what problem are you solving? Exactly. I got a problem. I don't know. What am I – I've, have, I've owned this property forever. Why do I need to digitize it? I know where the yeah. HVAC is. I know what the lights are. Exactly. Stuff, and yeah. I think it's, you know, it's related to you know, saving money, of course, making more money and making new money. Yeah. Right? That's sort of like from the business perspective. Yeah. But I think like, you know, it's a good question as in how to get started. For me, it's a little bit the other way around. I zoom out to basically the whole planet. But then when I engage you know, with customers or whatever it might be, you, exactly what you said, right? You zoom in to the production plant. You look at exactly what are we talking about because it's so easy to get fluffy, you know, to not understand what you're talking about and yep. you get right into industry jargon. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It's really problematic. So I think like the starting point, again, what the digital twin is solving is to provide a shared reality for people. So again, let's just take an example. We have a production manufacturing plant that might be similar, but it's also very unique. And what are the products that they have, what kind of year you know, what kind of solutions that they have, what kind of MES systems, what kind of actual physical, you know, product. So basically what you want to do, in my opinion, uh, is that you scan everything uh, so it becomes in 3D, and that's when you take a discussion. So you take a discussion not with the industry experts, but actually with the ones that are on the factory floor. For them to, you know, transfer the knowledge that they have about the systems in a way that makes sense for them, that we then can engage industry experts. And then we can say, okay, knowing this, you know, the way that you explained, when I'm over here, you know, by this station, I encounter this problem. Or when I do this over here, this is a problem. So I think like it's the, I don't know, if you probably know about Kaizen, oh, Lean yeah. Methodology, yeah, 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 yeah. all this kind of yep. stuff. So I think yep. it's just taking that more into digital realm and that enables the ability to invite to innovate so that others, experts in MES systems or in IoT or industrial IoT or digital twinning or cybersecurity, they're engaging with that company within the same reality, right? So they can provide their expertise knowing what the problem is. Because I think that's something that we usually lack, not defining, not what the problem is, yeah. just defining what is the job not to be done what is the job that is, is being done? That has to be the starting point. So if you define the job to, you know, not to be done, what is the job that is being done in a way that everyone can understand, that is the starting point. That doesn't have to do with IoT. That doesn't have to do with anything. It's just providing that shared reality. And then you can add different layers. So here's the funny thing, and, and I'm thinking through this, right? Yeah. And uh, there is just inefficiency. This property... It's losing money someplace, and yep. it's always a way of being able to say, hey, let's make it more efficient by you know, managing power or whatever, whatever it is. There's always inefficiency. But once you perfect it, let's say you take this property and yep. you nail it, right? and everything is just spinning and having a grand time, and you've already achieved the values, mm-hmm. the savings, then all of a sudden it just, it's like, it just operates. Yep. But there's no... There's, no more savings. <laughs> In fact, you've, you've, you've just, that's, that's an extreme. Yeah. But yeah. you're solving inefficiencies out So if you, if you solved here, everything, everything. you make it, you know, a self-learning building, you have like batteries yeah. or solar power, Whatever it, it sort of like generates itself. And then, you know, you have building automation equipment and yeah. sensors. So it basically adapts to people that are in there. So it's like perfect indoor perfect. air quality. When, when you go into the building, you have your own sensors. So like, right. wherever I go right, in right, this hotel, right, right. I want to have, 
in Celsius, like 21 degrees, right? right? And then right. everything adapts accordingly, right. all this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. It is like, okay, we're there. Yeah, exactly. No, and and, and yeah. you don't know. Yeah, you I, know, I know, but that, that's the it's point, like, right? Comfortable. And I, I think that's yeah. exactly the point that you made in the beginning. You know, yeah. this all this stuff I like to talk about, right? The technology and the right, XR, right, right, the interoperability right. and the IoT. Right. Yeah, fantastic. But from a user, it should just work. It should be seamless. Seamless. Yeah, it should be extremely seamless. Yeah. But one other dimension, I think, you know, is right now, no one is wearing smart glasses, right? Yeah. Basically, no one. No one. Uh, so yeah. in order to engage, you know, finding Pokemon, we put up our phone. We use it like, right, you know, right, an idiot right. looking in front of us. Right. Uh, but very, very soon, sooner than I think most people would think, we, see we have the HoloLens, we have the MetaQuest Pro. We're going to have smart glasses. Your glasses are smart, right. mine are smart, but not that smart, right? right they yeah, look right. smart, but yeah. that's about yeah, it. Yeah, that's all it is. That, that, yeah. That's all there is. Yeah. So when we have smart glasses and dialogue engines, that means that we can engage with reality in different ways. Got Right? Yeah. No, but it, this is a cool example. This is a cool example. Yeah. So if you tie that to heating and ventilation, air conditioning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Today, as a user, I can't affect that in the cold rooms that are here, right? right. Super cold, too cold. Right. But if we have that in augmented reality, I can connect it to the heating, ventilation, air conditioning system. I can provide, you know, visibility into what is invisible because I know the flow of air that is coming down, yeah. right? So I simulate that. And I also also visualize that simulation. So when I go into the room, I can basically see, you know, air streaming down, and I'm sitting down somewhere, and I just like like you know a lamp. I grab hold of the augmented reality part, and I push it up because I don't want air. Right. You know, I don't want that cold air to hit my head. Right, right. So I just grab hold of the air and I push it up, and that instantaneously you know is connected to the heat ventilation air conditioning system. So now I overwritten you know a manual override of the heat ventilation air conditioning system. And again, like that's just making, you know, this more seamless. And you know, for me as a user, I just, you know, this will, you know, this will happen. I just take it and it's there. Then I could just, you know, enjoy, you know, the, the, the topic, right? See, uh, uh, Isn't that uh, pretty cool? Oh, it is. It's just <laughs> like, I, 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 it, it, and I think the, the icing on the cake is it will happen. Yeah, of course. I mean, we, we can make it happen now. Right. See? Yeah. How do they get a hold of you, Nick? <laughs> Outside of the fact that that was a fun conversation. No. How, do they, how do they get a hold of you? So for me, I mean, again, obsessed with solving our problems in the world for a very long time. Uh, I started you know, working with Digital Twin Consortium yeah. two years ago, co-chair manufacturing group, been everywhere. And I just, you know, yeah, stick with it. I yeah. want to solve all problems. What's your email so that it can contact you? It's uh, nicholas.wern at yep. uh, edx.com. So nicholas and dot w-a-e-r-n at edx.com. You got you to gotta connect with this guy. That was a fun conversation. I enjoyed that a lot. Thank you, so Thank much. you Nick. Super interesting. It was fun. All right, listeners, we're going to have all the contact information for Nick out on industrialtalk.com. You need it. Are you out on LinkedIn? Absolutely. There it is right there. We'll have his contact information there, too, as well. So stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. Again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, and thank you for your support. That was Nick, EDX Technology, and they're about adoption of Augmented reality. Yes, you need to know about augmented reality. You need to know about how it will impact your business in a positive way. And the only way that I know how that'll happen is if you educate and you collaborate with people like Nick. Now, we were at, as you can tell, at 
Q4OMG on this particular conversation. That is an organization that look you need to look into to begin your journey into the world of augmented reality. That, that, that it's happened. And I just cannot impress enough for you to need to be a part of an organization that is doing that because it's going to impact your business or your competition is going to be impacted by it. And uh, you don't want that. You, you need to succeed. So that's why you need to reach out to Nick. It's all out on industrialtalk.com, EDX Technology, and all of the other great consortiums that exist under OMG. So put that on your calendar and, and get engaged. And remember, educate, collaborate, and of course, you need to innovate. You need to do it. So anyway, thank you very much for joining again. Be bold, be brave, dare greatly. Hang out with Nikki, and you're going to change the world. We're going to have another great conversation coming from this particular event shortly, so stay tuned.